You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using promo code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's promo code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kazer, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nick Floor. Nick, how's it going today? It's going good, man. We got the trade deadline special dialed up for everybody. We got some uh, a couple games to touch on with LA. We got some some shit to talk about moving forward. I'm excited. Trade deadline, man. It's it's one of the best times of the year. I mean, it's always a little bit disappointing. I'm not going to lie because you expect so many trades to come in, but we've already seen a few come in, so it's it's looking all right. Yeah, I think uh, Brett Marshall um, tweeted out. He's like, tomorrow's going to be boring as fuck. And I think it kind of is going to be, but it seems like teams are making the moves, especially with the waiver uh, or the, the players who were put on waivers today uh, are, you know, it's foreshadowing what should happen tomorrow. So I'm excited. Anything is, is, is good to me. So, and the San Jose Sharks are making moves too. So, Hey, it's a great day. It's a great day. Yeah. We talked about the Doug Wilson three-way. The Doug Wilson and, and here it is coming to fruition. So uh, we might as well just hop into that. Or actually, should we start with the social media handles first? Oh, yeah, we should probably get to that. Uh, you can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN on Twitter. And you can follow the show, the Stick Hungry Podcast at Stick Hungry Pod. Nick? You can find me on Twitter at Nick Floor underscore. And you can find producer T at producer underscore T E E. He's probably spending the night in trail. Um, and then Kyle is either in Reno or what's, what's the other place he's been lately building. Back? Uh, he actually told us that he went on a little bit of a bender in Lincoln. So oh, uh, we're, I'm looking, I'm looking to be there within, an, within two hours actually to go take a look at a house. But um, oh, oh, okay. yeah, we, he posted a picture of uh Brucey just chillaxing on bed. And uh, so I'm pretty sure he's watching the Masters with Brucey's right now. I know he's still having issues. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're yeah. right. I know he's having issues right now with um with his internet still. So mm-hmm. uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Exactly. Uh, Nick Berlansky jumping on saying, what's going on, boys, uh, from the uh, Tip of the Iceberg podcast. All right. Um, let's get into it. Let's talk about some trades here. 
We have a trade to announce. <laughs> wrong, wrong sound clip. Um, it was a late addition. We, we got a new board here in the studio, and it has sound pads on it. So we can make drops like you would on a radio station. At the very last minute, I was like, you know what? A good clip would be the Gary Bettman announcing a trade. So I throw it in there, but I didn't write on the board where it was. So he ended up with the uh, sad trombone. <laughs> Dylan's gonna have way too much fun with this. I hope oh, everyone it's... listening and watching understands that you're just—he's been waiting on this for a very long time now. I think you bought it around Black Friday, right? Uh, I bought it uh, Boxing Day uh, for Boxing all you Day. Americans. That's uh, December 26th. That's when I bought it. Um, and actually, the company I bought it from—they didn't even get it to me. I had to go drive somewhere locally and pick up one of the only two in the entire country. So, anyways, there's a little story about the soundboard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just just a little brief recap, but he's been waiting a long time for this and is excited to uh, share all the fun stuff he's going to have with you guys. But um, yes. <laughs> all right. Which uh, which trade should we start with here? I mean, we should I, I guess we have to go in reverse order chronologically, right? The most recent that's happened uh, is a three way, the Doug Wilson three way special with the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets. So uh, the Sharks. Have acquired a 2021 fourth round pick from the Toronto Maple Leafs in a three team trade with obviously Toronto and Columbus. Uh, we send Stefan Nason to Toronto. Uh, Nick Felino gets sent from Columbus to Toronto, and the Sharks retain 25% of Nick Felino's contract. We talked a couple episodes about a couple episodes ago about the Sharks weaponizing that cap space and using it to acquire assets. And lo and behold, that's exactly what Doug Wilson does day before the trade deadline, which would be uh, tomorrow or when this episode drops, it would be that day. It would be uh, April 12th. So we get a 2021 fourth round pick and we ship away Stefan Nason, who uh, was famously known for the Hakuna Matata goal song uh, in the 2019-2020 season. So uh, best of luck to Stefan Nason up there. I know him and Jumbo are pretty good friends and yeah, I don't know. It's just nice to see Doug Wilson still being the type of guy to, to make moves and use his cap space or his only real weapon right now and gain an asset for it. And at the end of the day, it's nice to see that Doug Wilson's not too old to jump into three way. You know what I mean? Have you been waiting to say that? <laughs> no, yeah. it's great to see that we're picking up draft picks. Um, one thing I just want to bring up, though, how about Columbus getting a first round pick for Felino? I didn't see that coming. I thought they got pretty good value there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, th he's on the wrong side of 30. And I think yep. Jay Fresh's hockey scorecard is like, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, really quick, Josh coming in from Twitter saying, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know I'm what assuming, he's uh, oh, I'm assuming like it's in response. He could be referring to on this episode so far. <laughs> I think it's it was the Doug, Doug Wilson, Wilson comment. Okay. It has to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair but, enough. Yeah. To your point, honestly, uh, getting that for Felino is, I wouldn't say a steal, but it, it's pretty much up there with a steal. Um, and it also sets the bar with every other movement being involved right now. The Sharks got a fourth round pick for 25% of his contract, which is, I believe is only like 1.5. Three seven. I don't. I don't know the exact number. I should have it up here, um, but it just sets the bar. And so, if if Felino got a first, all hell may break loose, or everyone's just going to stand pat because it's it's well, a, we, it's, a, it's a hard cap. 
We've talked so much about the upcoming draft and how the first round is going to be a little bit different than other years. So I think we're seeing that, you know, in this trade market where these first round picks maybe don't have the same value that they did last year or that they, you know, for the next draft. So I think we're starting to see that trend happen in the NHL. Uh, Devin Dubnik, short stint with the San Jose Sharks, uh, moves to the Colorado Avalanche uh, for a fifth round pick and Greg Pattern. Uh, defenseman from the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, actually beside me here in the studio, I do have Isha Jerome of the Soda Pod covering the Minnesota Wild. And Greg Pattern was a favorite of his when he played for the Minnesota Wild, wasn't he? No, he sucks. Okay, he sucks. (laughs) The guy can barely clear a puck up the boards, right? It's insane. Um, Yeah, you got a draft pick. That's That's what you got in that deal. Uh, (laughs) Greg Pattern, he, uh, he was the money that had to be moved to make room for Dubnik. That's pretty yeah, much what it was. They needed a contract to come back. Yeah, that's exactly what I figured as well. I I wanted to see maybe a little bit more aggressiveness regarding Devin Dubnik, but getting anything back for him. And the biggest thing, again, not re- having to retain any salary, even though uh, yeah. Minnesota's already retained 50%, I believe. Uh, not having to retain any of that salary means more cap space for Doug to do more things. And so, you know, it, yeah. it kind of gets reflected today. I just wanted to go back to that Toronto trade really quick because, you know, Dubas or Dubas, however you pronounce his last name, it's he's sitting there. He's on the who phone. Sa- with okay, Columbus. hold on, hold on, Nick. Who says Dubas? Yeah, who says Dubas? Dubas? Uh, I don't know. Anyone? Dubas? Okay, anyway, move on. I mean, on. how many, I mean, look at Joseph Kojanosh's spelling and it's just like you just got to take a guess at yeah. that point it could be Dubas it could be Dubas like you never know so <laughs> um so Dubas is sitting there he's on the phone right he's on the phone with Columbus he's like god okay is there any way that you can retain more of Felino's salary is there any way at all and he's like yeah but it's gonna cost you another first bud you know what's gonna happen and he's like fuck what are we gonna do and out of the corner of a like it's a dark room he only has like his lamp on his office or in (laughs) his desk you see joe thornton flip the fucking light switch on and he's smoking a fucking cigarette or something he puts it out on the desk and he's like i'll call doug (laughs) 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 so that's that's how i right that's no that's a true story actually kyle just texted me verified it right now so (laughs) kyle dubas Nicholas Egan from uh, YouTube saying moving Nason allows team Teal to take on additional cap in exchange for a fourth, get a second or third for hall retention. Uh, it's another way that the Sharks can be involved in another three way. Doug Wilson just uh, putting in the work this this uh, this weekend, but um, it is yeah, three way season. Yeah. Uh, again, weaponizing that cap space and getting more assets for it. I do believe that the Sharks would be the first to be on the phone in a Hall three-way trade. So, yeah, I agree. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens with Taylor Hall. Um, your boy SV from Twitter saying T would call him. Well, he spelled it the same way. So Dubbis. Well, let's call it Dubbis. Um, there you go. There you go. Um, so some rumors. Uh, swirling around the San Jose Sharks. We'll get into other moves in the NHL here in a moment. Apparently, teams are calling in about Thomas Hurdle. Uh, I don't know if that's a player that the San Jose Sharks want to move right now. But at the end of the day, if you can get a few draft picks, uh, I I think you explore it. Or maybe even some good prospects back. It depends what the value is. But if it's there, I think you do take it if they blow you out of the water with a great offer. Yeah, if we're talking about the like just 
Tomas Hurl. Yes, he's a fan favorite. I even mentioned it to uh, to my wife, who is a huge Tomas Hurl fan. We all and, love him. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody in the NHL loves him. And I, I floated a little Twitter bombshell out there, a little chaos grenade, as I called it. And um, Andrew Choi of uh, the Vegas Nightly podcast is a huge, huge Tomas Hurdle fan. And so I said, uh, let's say two firsts, a conditional second, and two blue chips for Tomas Hurdle, and we'll retain 50% of the salary. And he was all for it, right? But everyone ex- essentially just exploded for it. And I, I think... Wait, did you okay? Hold on, hold on. Did you say two firsts and two blue chip prospects and a conditional second, dude? You take if you're San Jose any day of the week, right? Exactly. And a third team would essentially have to be involved because they're not just going to trade directly to Vegas. So you know, Vegas is going to (laughs) get shafted in a little bit more. Yeah. So their their prospects that they mentioned were Cody Glass as well as uh, I think it was Elvenis or I don't know how to pronounce his last name. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, Cody Glass, um, Nick, you just future, had a, well, future budding. Sorry about that. I had to, I had to mute myself there for a quick second, but like future <laughs> budding star at center for them who just doesn't seem to be working out in their system could easily make his way onto the roster. Uh, El Venice, I believe, is killing it right now for the Henderson Silver Knights, who are one of the best teams in the AHL, plus two firsts, a conditional set. Like, you take it any day of the week. But it would have to take that type of trade to get rid of Tomas Hurdle. So I agree. I agree. You, you need the Henderson drop soon. I do need the Henderson. Henderson! Drop. Nick, I, I almost forgot what you're talking about halfway through that, and then your mic cut off, and I was just I was stuck in a hard place there. But yeah, Cody, sorry about that, but fatherly duties. Cody Glass, if we could get Cody Glass back in a deal, that's also, I mean, that's that's a deal that you run with because I, I think he's gonna be a good center in this league. Maybe not a first line guy, maybe not a Thomas Hurdle, but I think he'll at least be a 50 point guy that can be pretty serviceable on this team. Easily. Uh, there's some other rumors swirling around uh, Curtis Gabriel, how he could be on the move here at the trade deadline. We just had him on uh, the podcast, I think, three episodes ago now, just a couple weeks ago. Um, I could see a team that, you know, wants to add some toughness going into the playoffs. I could see adding a, a piece like Curtis Gabriel. What we would get back for that, I don't know. Let's let's look at maybe a fifth round pick for Curtis Gabriel. And it's not like we're manifesting this shit out of nowhere. Uh, this was reported by Elliot Friedman. So we're talking about a, an actual, a, a good source essentially saying that multiple teams have inquired about Curtis Gabriel. Um, you look at VL and the effect that he's had on the roster these last couple of games. And we spoke with Curtis as well about VL and he has... Curtis's respect fully as a player and as like that tough guy. So if VL is taking over his spot on this team as that fighter fourth line, you know, grinded out physical guy, then I understand why the Sharks would trade him because again, you're just, you're getting assets back. You're doing whatever you can to replenish this prospect pool as much just quantity at this point. I know we, we spoke to Chris Peters about it on Tuesday and he said the Sharks prospect pool has gotten better over the last couple of drafts, but the more the merrier because competition drives excellence. So I think a fifth or, I mean, a sixth would probably be something along the lines. And you're looking at a team that's in the top of the standings that isn't looking to add skill, but is looking to add some grit. So, you know, there, there's a couple of teams maybe in the North that may want to take him on. It, it, it's There's a handful of teams out there. You know, I can't think of any 
specific team off the top of my head that could use a, a, a gritty guy like Curtis Gabriel. But I mean, hey, I mean, I know the Toronto Maple Leafs have been pretty busy, but I, I could see him fitting on that team. They can yeah, use some I'm, grit. Yeah, I mean, that was their entire uh, like objective this last off season. You get someone like Wayne Simmons and like Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza. Like you, you want to be tougher to play against. I think is what I don't know if it was verbatim. But it was close enough. It's like I want to be want the Maple Leafs to be tougher to play against. Add some physicality in there. You know the players for the Sharks have talked about how when uh, Gabriel is on the forecheck, you see these defenders kind of like oh shit and just get rid of the puck really quick. You know, and yep. maybe throw it into a dangerous area. Specifically, there was a game where Frederick Handemark almost scored his first goal on like a semi breakaway because a Ducks player was kind of coughing the puck up just so he didn't get absolutely destroyed by Gabriel. So maybe you find a, a, a faster team that could use a little bit of grit like that on the bottom six, easy fifth rounder coming on its way back. And you're again freeing up more cap space to be able to be involved in the Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel extravaganza that we expected to happen tomorrow. I'm honestly expecting Taylor Hall to get traded while we're doing this podcast. So we'll see if it happens. Apparently things are heating up with Taylor Hall and there's a few teams interested. I could see it happening today rather than tomorrow. He's going to be moved from what I've been reading. Like that's yeah. imminent. It's going to happen. It's, it's heating up. And like I'm smashing F5 right now on Twitter just, just to see if there's anything more that, that we can continue to talk about during this to keep everyone that's watching the live stream updated as as soon as possible but i know this is a sharks podcast and we're gonna keep everything sharks related but it is important to know what other teams are doing as well because everything is a giant circle of life in the nhl <laughs> um some other players that have been rumored to be moved uh Sorensen, nieto lebank do you see any of those guys being moved i mean i know we talked about Sorensen earlier on he hasn't been playing that great if i was a playoff team looking at Sorensen, i don't know what he could add to a team that's already playing well. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he gets moved? I think the Sharks are going to try their hardest to move that contract. You're looking at a million, uh, it was one and a half million dollars is what his, you know, he needs a pending UFA as well. Um, something to highlight from last night's game. Of course, we're recording this on Sunday and we are live streaming this, but uh, last night's game against LA, I believe, or maybe it was the game before. They all merge in the one conglomerate game <laughs> at this point. There was a goal scored by Dylan Gambrell where Quick kind of coughed the puck up while he was trying to cover it up. And Gambrell just kind of scores because it just kind of trickles out of him. Uh, where Sorensen didn't show up on the score sheet except for he's going to get a plus one there. But he was out there grinding the absolute shit out of the forward check there. Uh, he absolutely outmuscles a LA defender to the puck, gets it around to Christian Jaros, who shoots it, gets tipped by Leonard, and then Gambrell picks up the puck and ends up putting it home. So the assist will go to Jaros and to Leonard in that instance. But Sorensen has always been the type of guy to get into the, I don't want to use the cliche terms, but do the dirty work in the dirty areas. <laughs> you know, he's always in the thick of it, getting in people's faces. I mean, fuck, he even fought Andreas Athanasiu at the end of the first game. And... He's always going into the corner boards, working the puck out. And he's not showing up on the score sheet like he has been in the last couple of years, which is why I feel like we haven't seen him get traded yet. Um, but hoping that teams can kind of see some inherent value in what he brings. And if the Sharks have to retain half of his cap, 
for a, a fifth round pick, then that's something I feel like the Sharks could easily do. Yeah, um, no, I, I think you do that. I mean, at the end of the day, if we can move Sorensen, we've already moved Dubnik. Uh, we've acquired another draft pick with the uh, Nason trade. If you can get, you know, four or five extra picks going into the draft, even though they're later picks, I mean, that there's a lot of value there. And you can even flip those and move up in the draft and maybe get a couple picks in the third round. Uh, so I, I'm liking the direction that we're going in right now. Yeah, it's not a hard sell. I don't, I don't think we're going to see any big names get moved. Um, people did inquire about LeBanc per Shang-Pang. Um, and, and everyone's got a price. Doug Wilson kicks the fucking tires on everything. He leaves no stone unturned when it comes to trading because he is going to find a way to get max value for all of his assets as we've seen so far. So knowing that moving forward, someone will have to come with a absolute fucking shelling of an offer because LeBanc is an analytics darling. I don't know if you've seen any of his, uh, advanced analytics sheet. It's, it's really pretty on paper. Um, so some, especially at a, a bit of a lower cap hit for a top six winger, right-handed shot on the right wing, someone would have to come in with an absolute banger of a deal for us to to ship him off. But um, I don't foresee him moving. And the player that I thought would move had the highest percentage chance of moving below Devin Dubnik was actually Matt Nieto, but he hasn't suited up in like two weeks. So. I don't really see him moving unless there's a team that's just willing to take a chance on him. Uh, he does only carry a vet minimum cap hit, so it's pennies on the dollar at that point. So, you know, he could come back and actually be fresh for a team looking for a deep playoff run. So what kind of value do you give LeBanc? I mean, if a team comes to you, let's say, with a first-round pick, you know it's going to be a later pick, let's say anywhere from 20 to 31, and they add in there, let's say, like a B-level prospect. Is that enough for you to move Kevin LeBanc? For me, I'd say no. And the only reason why I say that is because he's already signed his extension this last year. This is his first year on a five-year contract. So moving forward, his his cap hit is only 4.725. So to give up a player who's locked in for long term like that. Now it's not like an eight year extension, but that's a pretty long time for a guy who is only 25 years old, you know, a $4.75 million cap hit only 25 years old. You have to give up not too much. He's not Tomas hurdle. You know, you're not going to get that level of, of, of return like we spoke earlier, but you, you would expect to get multiple picks and probably a single not top top prospect, but like you said, like a B prospect, someone that can take his take his spot. But uh, yeah, because if would, you're a team inquiring about Kevin LeBanc, like you said, four more years, and he's what? What do we say? Twenty five right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're take those are prime years. That's the best Kevin LeBanc you're ever going to see is in this contract. Mm-hmm. So you're right. If if we do give him up right now. We need at least one piece, I think, that's going to end up on this roster. Maybe not immediately, but at least the next year. You know, a good prospect that's maybe 20, 21 years old, ready to make the jump, and a draft pick. I think if we can get that, I think that's a worthwhile deal. Yeah, no fucking Greg Paterans coming back this way. No. Someone, uh, you're looking at a a sub-30. The problem is, is like, why would the Sharks move Kevin LeBanc? Right. If yeah. you're moving a guy like Kevin LeBanc, who you foresee to be a piece in the future, which is why you sign him to that five year contract, what are you signaling to the rest of the players? Because at that point, you're you're talking about moving a guy who, like you said, is in the prime right now, who who probably over the next three to five years 
it should be getting technically better or, or putting up numbers that we've seen a couple of years ago. Uh, so, so what is Doug Wilson saying by moving Kevin LeBanc if it's not for an overpayment? You know, are you telling them pretty much everyone's on the block, everyone's got a value, anyone who's over 30 could almost be moved at the same exact time? Because then you're kind of kicking in like a full scale rebuild. If you're willing to part with a young winger, a uh, young right-handed shot, essentially in Kevin LeBanc. So, yeah, no, I agree with that because that's the only reason why you would get rid of a guy who's 24, 25 years old, right? Yeah. If, if you are completely blowing it up. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's get into some general hockey talk. Here's some other trades around the league. Um, it has been busy, not super busy, but there's a few notable names out there. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have acquired David Savard uh, from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for a first-round pick in 2021 and a third-round pick in 2022. Is that kind of the value that you would give someone like LeBanc? I think David Savard and LeBanc are kind of you know, comparable as far as value goes. I know one's a forward, one's a defenseman, but they're kind of second-tier players as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I think there were some people who uh, were very, I don't want to say distraught with that value or with what, what they essentially had to pay to get him. Um, I don't have the stats pulled up here right now, just taking a look at that trade. But that's something that you're you're looking at moving forward. You're going to have to give up at least a first and then another pick that could have a condition attached to it if you win the cup or, or this or that happens, it upgrades to another pick. So, you know, I think it's a good, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. I didn't really get with a lot of people to see the value of it, of Savard and what he does. You know, it's tough to gauge defensemen, especially if they're more defensively oriented to see what they're necessarily worth. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing that we can take from this, like you said, is these initial trades help set the bar for future trades. So if Kevin LeBanc, if people were knocking on Doug Wilson's door or giving him a phone call asking about LeBanc, you have things that you can kind of reference back to to uh, gauge what's worth what, essentially. Yeah, no, oh. for sure. Um, some other trades that have gone down today, uh, Brandon Montour. Uh, going to the Florida Panthers from the Buffalo Sabres uh, for a third-round pick. Brandon Montour, the happiest man in hockey right now. Yeah. (laughs) Getting out of Anaheim is not only fun geographically, but it's fun for the players, too. So he can go and get his fresh start, I guess. I mean, it's not really much of a fresh start, but it's it's moving to a contending team. I think Florida's actually in first right now, or they were when I last checked. So they it's are kind a- of unreal. It's unreal that they're still in first or, or even up there. When it first happened, you know, at the start of the season, the first 20 games, I didn't think it would last, but it obviously has. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's Going, going to the map. game in flip-flops, I mean, it does something for the boys, I tell you. Yeah, it's a it's a real uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, he is coming from Anaheim. So like geographically, true, you're true. looking at the exact same type of weather. So it's not like he's leaving Columbus and going to like Florida or anything like that. But I don't know. It's yeah. just it's always nice to see players get that fresh start when they're moving. Um, I don't know, dude, Florida's an enigma. We, you cannot explain what is happening there. Like the emergence of Dreiger, or I, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce his name. He's their, their netminder right now. 
Um, they were looking to possibly sell him at the deadline if they didn't start too well. And now he's like beating out Bobrovsky for the starting job. Who's getting like 10 million a fucking year. So it's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. You uh, can't explain goaltending. Goaltending itself is just absolute fucking bonkers, but it really is because you can have a guy who's a star goaltender for one or two years. Then the next year just drops off. And you can't really explain it, right? And then sign him to a six-year, six-million-dollar contract. Oh, that's Jordan Bateson. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have a few comments coming in. Uh, John Kayser saying, sounding good. New edition is working good. The executive producer of the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, and then <laughs> producer Pigeon saying, ditch the Peloton and start jumping on some three-ways. Must be 18 or over to, to apply. Um, yeah. <laughs> eligibility restrictions apply. <laughs> <laughs> See DraftKings.com for details. Um, all right. So another trade that went down, the Montreal Canadiens acquired uh, John Merrill after placing Victor Mete on waivers, which I thought was an interesting move. Uh, Victor Mete still a pretty young defenseman. Um, I, I don't know why the Habs would move on from a guy like that. And I think he'd be really good value for not only the San Jose Sharks, because, I mean, I would like us to pick up Victor Mete, but I think there's a whole list of teams that could use a guy like this. Yeah, and we're low enough on the, like, waiver sheet because of standings right now that we could find a way to get someone like Victor Mete. Like, I am, yeah. I, I would be in love with picking him up. He's only got, like, a ridiculous cap hit, which of course we talked about moving players to, uh, you know, use the cap as our asset, but at the same time, like $735,000 cap hit and he's an RFA and he's 22. We talked about with Chris Peters, the sharks being a little thin on defense going all forwards in last year's draft. So what is the downside in attempting to claim a, a player like Victor Mete for literally anybody whatsoever? So what I think what's really happening here is Montreal's freeing up a spot to acquire hometown Mark Edward Vlasic. Oh, how's so. that for a hot take? <laughs> Damn. Yeah. The Sharks will uh, retain a percentage of that salary and Pickles can go home. Pickles can go home. Wow. I'm uh, kidding. That's not going to happen That's not going to happen. But um, <laughs> what a pipe dream, ah! right? Got <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah, see that, that happening. That's not happening. But, but I feel like they are kind of opening up for an addition of a veteran defenseman uh, to help the team out to make a playoff push. So if you were the uh, Josh coming in and saying, please, I'm assuming he's talking about, uh, <laughs> no, he hates it. <laughs> but like, if the Sharks retain 50% of their salary, like 100%, I feel like Montreal would take $3.5 million a year for a guy like Pickles. So I think they would. I think he's old. I know he's older. I think he's 35. Um, but absorbing $3.5 million over the next four years for the Sharks wouldn't, wouldn't really be that big of an issue moving well, forward. Well, if you move him to any team, it would be the Montreal Canadiens because they don't care about age. They really don't. I mean, they just got Eric Stahl onto that team. So oh yeah, age is not a factor in Montreal. Push it. Let's get Bayou Benders in here. He'll tell us if it'll actually happen. I would shit a brick if that actually happened tomorrow. Like, huge fucking trade involving him waving the no movement clause to go back home. It's It would just be absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bergevin would be fired. Bergevin would be fired. But, yeah, we would have to bring Benders on the show because he's actually a San Jose Sharks fan, believe it or not. This guy from the Bayou uh, covering the Montreal Canadiens. So, I mean, that, that would be a hell of a hit. Yeah. Um 
All right, let's let's give our let's give a prediction here. Where does Taylor Hall end up? Um, I, <laughs> no, I, just nothing. I, nothing. I, I've no, who, eh. Edmonton, like, oh. Edmonton. Well, I was about to say that would be a fucking. Is there any updates like on Twitter? Is anyone kind of hinting one direction or no, the other? No hint on the team. Just saying that like it's he, he's like he's it's not playing in Buffalo anymore. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So. Edmonton, even Watch just for the go. rest of this season. Uh, Zach Man 200, Zach Crofting. Thoughts on the three team trade? Zach, you missed it. Hit we the rewind about button at the start button. of the episode. Yeah, exactly. Hit the rewind. Yeah. I've had enough uh, three way talk on the episode. <laughs> Taylor <laughs> Hall will be. <laughs> God damn it. Taylor <laughs> Hall will be a San Jose Shark for all of five seconds. I, I honestly feel like the Sharks would be one of the most yep. beneficial, like, would benefit the most in that sort of, again, another three team trade. Um, but he will be on the Sharks for all of us. Hall and Kane just ripping it up. I love it. Both <laughs> yeah. on and off the ice. Well, I, I just I don't think Hall is going to end up playing for the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. I think some of his salary is going to end up on our books. I think that's yeah. what Nick's getting to, right? Yeah, he, he'll be here for all of five seconds and then go to another team in that three way. So yeah, I'm I'm really interested. Like I'm looking really hard right now, guys. Like I know we're recording this <laughs> live. Like. I'm just to really... just to make the trade official, like wherever he ends up, his flight has to go through the San Jose airport and then <laughs> yeah. to wherever his, his destination is. Yeah, Darren Drager says, uh, "Hard work getting ton- done today in Buffalo." Sources indicated Taylor All Trade is getting close at this point, and it's believed three teams remain in the mix. Who those three <laughs> teams are? Fuck if I know. You know, the elephant and the rhino. It's a fuck if I know at that point. Well, but, I mean, there's been a lot of chat around Edmonton, which might seem odd since Taylor Hall originally played for the Oilers. But, I mean, it, it it might work. Well, him and McDavid have a good relationship. I know, like, when McDavid came into the league, now it wasn't a great situation in Edmonton. But him and Hall clicked. They were roommates at the time. Um, if you Edmonton's going to, you know, make a make a run. They're making the mm-hmm. playoffs. They've been dominant in the North Division. Why wouldn't you want to play for that team? Whether it's on a line with Drysaitel or McDavid. Yeah, I mean you got two great centers God, there. Could you imagine? Or with Reinhardt. <laughs> yeah. Or sorry, now, Nugent Hopkins. First Stanley Cup leaving leaving Reinhardt to go Nugent Hopkins since Now let's let's use the Oilers as the dummy team here. Like let's say that the Oilers is the destination for Taylor Hall. And yes, Oilers is is technically correct because Oilers is the team name, so it's technically a proper noun. There you so go. the Oilers is Hashtag the destination. We're going we're gonna to use it as the destination. What would have to be given up? Here's the thing. I don't think a lot. I think that you could get this done with maybe a second and a third round pick. I don't even know if a first is going to be necessary here just because Taylor Hall has been playing so bad this season that you really actually don't know what you're getting back in Hall. It's a bit of a risk here. So I think, you know, maybe a first round pick, but I'm thinking more likely a second and a third. Gotcha. And obviously a team, something has to go to the third team that would be involved in retaining a salary because I believe it's a $6 million cap hit, right? Yeah. So, it, that, that all depends. Sorry, I, I read. I read that young defenders, you know, is a depth guy, but he's playing pretty good. Ethan Bear has been on the block, so maybe okay. he he gets sent out because I think he's still on a rookie deal. Well, and if you're if you're Buffalo, I mean, you're looking at it. You got a young defenseman back for Taylor Hall. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, he's a million dollars right now against the cap too. Million dollar gotcha. man. So we can use this last three way trade kind of as a blueprint in a sense where you get a pick and you're also able to get rid of a player that you just kind of don't want to have to deal with. 
let's say Sorensen is in that mix, right? Or Sorensen or Nieto, because Nieto is going to come at a very small cap hit. He's a PK machine when he's healthy. And we don't know exactly what his issue has been as of late because, you know, the Sharks are very tight sealed when it comes to leaking out any information regarding injuries. Um, you could get another fourth rounder from Edmonton to retain a percentage of salary that it, you know, for Taylor Hall. So in the sense you could, you move a second and a third to Buffalo and then their fourth Edmonton's fourth comes over to San Jose. You ship Taylor Hall and Marcus Sorensen up to Edmonton and you retain 50% of Taylor Hall's contract and uh, 50% of Marcus Sorensen's 1.5 mil. And I think the numbers work there. I think in theory that works. I think the problem here is that Buffalo isn't necessarily up against the cap. I don't think so, at least. I mean, they've been moving guys out, and they Mm -hmm. should have some cap space. So I think that they would probably be able to just do the deal themselves, you know, Uh, retain some some of Taylor Hall's salary and move them out and maybe get an extra piece back. Although, I mean... Who knows? I mean, I, I think it would be a great option for Doug Wilson to explore with any trade that involves Taylor Hall, but I just think the Buffalo Sabres are in a position where they could probably just do it themselves and get that value back, whether it be a draft pick or a yeah. prospect or whatever it is. Not to mention if Eichel's involved with a, a completely separate team. I mean, that's a whole different can of worms <laughs> we're, we're opening up here. Yeah, and like yeah. can of worms, it's like one of those fucking trick cans where you open it and just fucking sprays in your face and well, wouldn't that be something? Tomorrow they announce the Taylor Hall trade. And oh, yeah, a little add-on to the Taylor Hall trade. Eichel's moving too. Uh, that would be unreal. Yeah, that's where I feel like a third team could in, could get involved if both are used in the exact same package. Yeah. So a third, uh, you know, Edmonton, let's just keep using them because they're easy, right? Edmonton ends up getting Hall, but another team ends up taking on Eichel, and it's just an absolute clusterfuck. So yeah. I'm here for the chaos. That's what I want. We love the chaos here, the Stick Hungry Podcast. Love chaos it. equals content here on the Hockey Podcast Network. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, I think that's it for the trade talk. Do you have any more topics you want to throw at the fans? I mean, as of right now, I still I'm smashing F five on Twitter. I don't see anything from the sources coming in right now. Nothing than, from uh, good old Darren Drager. Uh, nothing at all. I know Hideki Matsuyama became the first Japanese uh, Masters champion, so congratulations to him. Oh, and, there you uh, go. So, you know, that's always great seeing history being made. So absolutely. That's pretty uh, you, awesome. you a big golf guy? Um, I've attempted to do the golf. I'm not very good golf. at it, although I should be. I just don't have the patience for it. But um, hey, fair enough. Golf is appreciated in the house. So just seeing it and seeing history being made. I do like to put those little those shout outs I out mean, there. The only golf I'll play is, you know, like mini putt or like the pitch and putt, you know, the par three where you, you don't need a driver or like drivers aren't even allowed on the course. Yeah. You just hit it with the seven or whatever. So that's, that's about the extent. Of <laughs> I'm so golf. bad at golf. I still need a driver for that course. Yeah. <laughs> God. Damn. Well, the course is so small. Actually, I, th- I remember back in the day, just taking a putter and just cranking it, actually making it onto the green. So, just, I'm just thinking of the top spin. Um, so. We have some com- oh, the comments are just driving in from uh, our golf comments. Um, Sharks fan 03 saying, Nick, I will take you to the driving range. There See, the driving range is a it's like a it's a farce. Is that the correct word here? Like you get a false sense of security hitting off those fucking yes. turf mats, and then you go out there and you chunk everything because you're not hitting the ball first. You're hitting yeah. the fucking ground and you're fatting everything and you're topping your wedge shots, and then you break clubs. 
That sounds like it's happened to you before. Yes. I, I got to pace myself on the beers at the driving range because I usually <laughs> do two beers per bucket. And then, you know, by the third bucket, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Where are these I, balls going? <laughs> what the fuck? I'm hitting balls. What the- <laughs> Zach man, 200 chain driving range contest. Not a bad idea. Zach. I have deep drives only because of my genetic traits. So it, it's very difficult for people to outdrive me just because I'm six foot four and I have club head speed, like a fucking madman. Club head speed. This guy's, you're the pro here, obviously, man. I don't know any Steve Trevi says, okay, sourpuss, you're not invited then. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess we can get into, uh, since there's nothing really as of importance other than I think uh, the Blues were allegedly tied to Hall as of like 30 minutes ago, but that's nothing worth mentioning as of right now as far as like seriousness goes. We can We can talk about the Sharks last couple games where they get beat by the ducks and they beat the Kings and then get beat by the Kings. So, yeah, I mean, these were pretty crucial games. I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago or a week ago, how close we were uh, to a playoff spot. We needed to win these California games and, you know, we're one and two the last three games against uh, the Anaheim ducks and the LA Kings. I mean, a five, two victory over the Kings on Friday. That was nice to see. Uh, Martin Jones had a pretty good game. We were getting a lot of pucks on net. But then we lost it all the next game against the LA Kings, once again, losing 4-2. And in that Saturday game, I mean, there wasn't a single nice goal from the San Jose Sharks. We got two goals, but man, were those greasy. Oh, yeah. They were grimy as fuck. You know, they were old-fashioned, like, Todd McClellan goals, ironically enough. <laughs> that was some good uh, old hockey there, boys. Yeah, which is funny because he's coaching for the Kings, and it was just grimier than shit, or is what... uh. Well, Shang, Shang uh, described it as like pure grease. The, the first goal, the 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 Gambrell goal, was just a pure greasy goal, which I love that description, by the way. Oh, man, I Hell wish it. I had the trailer park boys, the bubbles going greasy. <laughs> just greasy, boy. <laughs> uh. But yeah, um, not a very uh, inspiring performance last night from the Sharks. Uh, again, back-to-backs, it's really difficult per se. Um, but you guys, you and T touched on it. You felt like the Sharks would be sellers if they didn't have too great of a, a track here these last couple of games before the Monday deadline. And lo and behold, it wasn't too pretty. And uh, so, I, you know, I feel like it definitely helped push the final foot on the gas there for to become sellers at the deadline. And you see Devin Dubnik get moved and then you're yeah. just going to see you know, you pull the plug and then all the water is going to rush out. And that was the plug was the doobie trade. So, well, you know what? Actually, I'm just looking at the standings right now. So the San Jose Sharks uh, are number six in the Honda West division with 40 points. The Blues are in fourth with 44 points. Um, and they've played one more game than we have. So, you know what? We're still in the mix right now. We're still in the yeah. mix. I don't know for how long, but we're in there. I still feel like the Coyotes have the best shot there, especially because of not necessarily them being a better team than us, because I feel like we're very even. They just happen to have a lot of games or they have a better uh, matchup uh, to us per se. Yeah. Um, And we're going to have to play them multiple times, but we also have to play the top three teams in the division over the course of the next month. So we have to play Minnesota. We have to play the Avs and we have to play Vegas. Minnesota is easy. We got their number. Yeah, that's Minnesota because all we do is Hey, they just beat there, the Avs right? 8-3. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 So so here's like the that enigma there, right? Mr. Uh, Pigeon. Uh like <laughs> I know they, where he's they, going with this. they will find a way to beat the Avs, 
but for some reason they match up very bad against the sharks. Yeah. And it's it's shown. And not to say that the sharks are better than them in general, but it's just one of those things where we feel like fucking here we go, right? It's just one of those matchups where you play a specific style and you can't seem to compete against it. And that's what the sharks have been for Minnesota, but that's what Arizona has been for the sharks. And that's what LA has been for Vegas. Vegas has been for the sharks and sharks has been for LA. There's a little try fucked up going We'd on have there. To make a graph for that. Oh no, it's just rock, paper, scissors. We've already made the meme. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's just a, it's a mess. So I don't foresee the sharks making the playoffs. I, I personally think that Arizona will more than likely be the team to be up there in the fourth spot. I predicted them at the beginning of the season to be uh, just outside the playoffs in, in the fifth seed. And I still think that's where they're going to end up. So there you have it, folks. Put 50 bucks down on that DraftKings promo code THPN. <laughs> Zach chiming in from Twitter, by the way, he says we have to face big daddy Dubnik. Ooh. Um, is that a problem, Zach? I don't think it is. Judging by his play this year, I, th- I think we'll do all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. They got Grooby and Doobie over there now. That's that's a hell of a combo, actually. I'm yeah. liking it. I'm liking the Grub Dub, the Grub Dub. <laughs> um, all right. Any other comments, or should we uh, get into the draft lottery simulator? I think we're ready to uh, run the Tankathon semi. All right, let's get into it. All right, the draft lottery simulator. Um, actually, first, we got a, a comment from Twitter. Uh, Liz Child saying, Cody Glass to San Jose. Are you trying to kill me? No, oh, I'm not- sorry, Liz. <laughs> Liz does the uh, third line podcast. You definitely check it out. It's something that they're just starting up. A bunch of, uh, I believe it was WHL writers getting together and just talking hockey. It's, it's fun okay. to listen to, especially if you have something to do or you want something to listen to that isn't just NHL regurgitated stuff. It's it's very original, so definitely check them out. There you go. Go check it out, folks. All right. Um, tankathon.com slash NHL is where we are doing the NHL Draft Lottery Simulator. I'm going to bring it up here in a second. Just looking at the list right now, San Jose Sharks are in spot number 11. Uh, so not too likely that we end up with the first overall pick. Yeah, I mean, we were at what twelve the last time that we we did this tankathon, yeah, extravaganza. So uh, it really is an extravaganza, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an absolute. You know what I need to put on? You know what I need to put on the soundboard? I need some background music for this whole segment. Give us the drum roll, actually, this time, so we oh, don't have to yes. have G doing it out of tune and it's just well you know what i kind of like the classic drum roll from t because he's never really expecting it he's always confused for half a second and then he just starts banging on the table with his fingers yeah (laughs) it's it is quite beautiful now that you mention it it's organic it's natural (laughs) and organic so it really is all right let's uh let's run it here um like i said we're in spot number 11 three percent chance that we get first overall 6.3 percent chance that we end up in the top two. Let's go. And oh, 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 the San Jose Sharks first yes. overall pick. What the fuck? Unbelievable. Moving up 10 spots. We have a trade to announce. Uh, that was East, fuck. That was Isha Jerome hitting the wrong sound pad. <laughs> um, I think this is the appropriate one. 
Gotcha, bitch. Uh, <laughs> it said clap on my sheet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, stick hungry. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I'm I'm just stoked that we finally got the San Jose Sharks in the first overall spot. There we go. Zach yeah. Man 200. So, sorry, Zach Man 200 coming. We have a winner. Yeah, we have oh, a winner, Josh Owen Power. Oh, I yeah. love it. Chris I Peters it. discussed it. He says he's got Owen, Luke Hughes, and Beneers up there in his top three, essentially moving forward. Two of the three from Michigan. So <laughs> I almost don't want to run it again after yeah, that. But that's it. That's, that's, that's think... the end of the episode. Uh, you guys have a great <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll do it once more and then I'll throw it over to you, Nick, and then we'll do the one for the fans. Uh, but I'm already calling this a win. I'm calling this a win right now. All right. We're going to reset it. And here we go, folks. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks. I would also like this one being from yeah. the Vancouver area. Move up eight spots to the first overall pick. Uh, I just realized, by the way, that we didn't read any of the other draft picks on the last one. They, All none I saw of them was San Jose in first. None um, of them mattered. <laughs> none of them mattered. Uh, Buffalo moving down one spot to second. Ottawa moving down one spot uh, to third. And the San Jose Sharks stay put at spot number 11. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Zach man 200 saying too bad. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just quick, like hope everyone in Vancouver is doing okay. That team is being put through the fucking ringer right now. With oh, today, another, another player goes on protocol. So their return to play, like their practice was delayed again. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, I don't know. That's just unfortunate. And I hope everyone is safe. I hope everyone, no one is having major symptoms and no one's going to be affected by this. We, we kind of saw, um, Tomas Hurdle's play is kind of, I don't want to say it's because of it, but he had COVID-19 and it seems like he's just a little bit more winded than most people. I don't know. It's just, it takes its toll on your lungs, on your respiratory system. So I hope everyone there is safe and I hope they're all doing well, okay. As far as Hurdle's going, I mean, I saw on TMZ the other day, they snapped some pics of him smoking darts outside of uh, Popeye's chicken. So that could be <laughs> too. What? No, <laughs> I just pulled that bullshit. out of my head. Yeah, he's, it's like, oh look, this, <laughs> he's just—he's using that fucking soundboard as much as he can. I'm just teeing up the soundboard. That's all it is. <laughs> all righty. Um, so I got mine teed up here. Let's just uh, let's get this puppy going here. And I do see here, just as a little asterisk. As the, the, the English is difficult. Asterisk here. Lottery odds with Seattle expansion are an estimate until official. Odds released and Kraken will be given the third best lottery odds. So, hmm, how about um, that? Also, waiting for the official word on how or if Arizona's forfeited pick affects the lottery odds. So, that's something to kind of keep track of moving forward. They're currently sitting at 13th, but because they did a little bit of dabbling and tampering, they were <laughs> they were uh, forced to forfeit that pick. So, without further ado, ooh, Vancouver. Oh. Two for that. three. Look at the Canadian teams just leapfrogging Buffalo. Vancouver moves up eight spots to the first overall pick to uh, select Luke Hughes and get the Hughes-Hughes <laughs> connection. And then Calgary takes Owen Power because they need some defensive help. Um, and Buffalo moves down two spots to third overall. And Sharks stay at 11th. And uh, we were going to run mo uh, one more, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. We don't like that one. I'm going to hit the reset button. And then we need gonna... that first overall again, baby. We're yeah. We're chasing that high. Okay. Nothing really fancy here. Ottawa moves up one spot to get the first overall pick and find a way to botch that. Seattle moves up a spot as well, kicking Buffalo down to third overall. Everything else 
is the same. So not much excitement on my end, unfortunately. You're welcome, folks. I got you that first overall. I know it was just, you know. That was the first time on stream, I believe, that we have had the Sharks get the first overall pick. So I think first time period. I don't think I've done it off stream and and had them hit number one. So I I did it once. I was like, oh, "Oh, my God, I did it a third time and the Sharks got first, but it doesn't count. (laughs) Well, there's a chance. There's a chance it could happen, folks. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, All right. I mean, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow on the official NHL trade deadline. But uh, it's been pretty pretty busy day today. Um, Anything else you want to talk about before we jump out of here? You know, nothing really specific. I, I smashed that refresh button one more time. I'm taking a look to see if there's any other news that we can share before we get off and another trades announced because that's just how it works, you know. Um, but <laughs> you know right what's now, gonna happen, Nick? When the outro video is playing for this live stream, the Taylor Hall trade's gonna come down. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I calling wait. it. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I have Taylor Hall saved right now searched in twitter i'm just waiting just smashing f5 <laughs> just absolutely crushing it but nothing yet but i right. think you're right yeah i think we're, i think we're pretty much good uh for folks watching the live stream this is the last time you will see me in this studio the next time we will be in our new studio uh we haven't named it yet have we have we pigeon no it's not even painted not even painted not we don't even have the wallpaper up folks. the pigeon's nest is what it's going to be called the nest Dude, we're they're leaving the pigeon here oh yeah we are i think we are going to leave it here Dude, he he's going to follow you let's be honest yeah he's with the, t and trail right now yeah but yeah here's the it's here's really what, weird here's what we plan on doing we're we're going to leave it here and then we're just going to drive around for like two full days, just go in loops, circling around the island, and then we'll end up at the new office just to throw off his scent, right? I, no, yeah, that's, that's a, good, a idea. good idea. Yeah, there you, you go. Can, you know what? Just give him a nice little fucking message and send his ass to Kyle's house. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. Uh, I don't know if his GPS tracker will work there because there's no internet near Kyle McLaren's house. So <laughs> you might get a little lost. All right, let's give a shout out to our Twitter handles. You can follow myself on Twitter at DYL underscore THPN. You can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod, and you can follow the network, the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet. Nick? You can find me on Twitter at NickFloor underscore, and if the Sharks don't put in for Victor Mete, I will riot. <laughs> you sure to hear for folks. Um, one more comment coming from uh, Twitter. Uh, drop in the mitts saying the pigeonhole possible name of old studio the pigeonhole. Oh, that's perfect. That's good. That's, that's good. awesome. I like it. I like it. Um, if, if you only knew. If you. <laughs> if you only knew. I don't think you want to know. I don't think you want to know. <laughs> All right. So uh, next episode, we're gonna get these uh, the sound pad figured out. We're not gonna be dropping the wrong sounds. We're gonna be in a new studio. And the San Jose Sharks are going to make two more big trades at the trade deadline. It's going to be a hell of a week. It's going to be a hell of a week. Indeed it is, sir. I'm excited. I can't wait. All right, folks. This has been fun. We will catch you on the podcast on Thursday. Thursday.